0: Hello, ahoy, and welcome to Always There, the Howard's Way podcast. I'm Julia Rayside. Thank you for joining me as I navigate through every single episode of the 1980s seafaring soap opera set in the fictional English coastal town of Tarrant. It would be a lonely voyage without me. And joining me this week to discuss Series 3, Episode 8 is the writer, actor, and all-round Clever Clogs, Jonathan Dryden-Taylor.
1: Hello, it's me again.
0: John! Thank you for coming <laughs> back so soon, uh, after the last three years where you had to wait to come back again. I'm it's sorry, everyone. I'm pleasure. sorry. And um, what have you been up to? Anything good?
1: Uh, well, there was a pandemic.
0: How was that? Good? Yeah, fun. Great. Um,
1: I watched an episode of Howard's Way, I okay, remember. Okay, well then, that's a
0: full <laughs> um, calendar. we talked
1: about that. I've got a memory of several podcasts just sitting on my sofa, <laughs> Alone with my headphones on, looking at a Zoom screen, talking to people and thinking... Look, let's make everything fun. Yeah, so it's, it's hard, nice. Isn't it? It's nice to be. I mean, the pandemic obviously isn't over, but it's nice to be not in high lockdown and actually in the same room talking about. I, I know.
0: Well. Thank you for fact checking that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic, she is not over. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go to Tarrant. Like, fuck, staying here in the same room with each other. Let's actually go to Tarrant. So,
1: last time I was in Tarrant earlier in this same yeah, series, yeah, I just yeah. jotted down before I went into the episode because uh, for those of you who've heard me on this podcast before, and if you haven't, why not? I've been <laughs> on it loads. Um, <laughs> I. Do not watch any Howard's Way other than the episodes that I'm asked to comment on. It's pure.
0: The way you come in, the way you go out, it's pure.
1: So I I just need to always reorient myself at Mm -hmm. the beginning of an episode. Last time I was here, Michael Dennison had turned up to act with his wife, Darcy Gray.
0: Which obviously you were a fan of. I was very excited about. Um,
1: Spoiler, he doesn't appear in this episode, so I was a little sad about that. Ken Masters had just been getting off with his side piece in front of an (laughs) adultery viewing area. (laughs) Um, where her husband was standing he was yeah, like yeah. if you want to see your wife get off with Ken Masters please stand exactly here he's 12 feet away on a boat um, and of course there are some there are some consequences to that that I there can't s- wait to find out about. Certainly are John. There was a chap with three kids and one on the way.
0: <laughs> I don't even know who that is.
1: <laughs> I think I think he might lose his job. This episode wasn't he three kids and three one. Three
0: kids and one on the way. Oh, maybe is that Colin? I
1: think it might be Colin.
0: See, okay, I had a huge confusion about who Colin was, and I thought he was another character, but. For the whole of the episode I think right he might be three
1: quid, three quid three kids and one on the way um, Jan running away from old men but also wanting their money seems to be a theme of yes, Howard's Way in general I love the
0: tension in, this, in her performance this season that she's clearly repulsed by the <laughs> idea of I don't know there's that brilliant episode of Sex in the City where Samantha's like this really rich incredibly old man is like really into me and I'm into it and then he turns around and she just sees his saggy old bottom and <laughs> is like no no <laughs> I can't do it
1: and just a general thing of of the sexual politics of the 80s maybe not being ideal. Just the earlier episode I saw in this series was full of women behaving the way that men behave in Howard's way but Mm. being judged for it. So being sexually forward and saying, if you want this thing you want, which is usually money, it's going to take sex to get it. Mm -hmm. That is fine when men do it.
0: (laughs) Fine. But if
1: women do it, they're Amanda
0: slag, <laughs> posh slag. <Amanda. laughs> we love you, Amanda. She, um, uh, Francesca Gonshaw, followed me on Twitter.
1: That's very exciting. So I'm just
0: thinking, how, how do we, how do we approach this? But Hang surely... on, we just cross all this <laughs> out. <laughs> I bloody love her. She's so evil in this show. I love it. Um, well, let's start where it begins. Then, so this series, so this episode, we finished last episode in the Isle of Wight, on the Isle of Wight, I should say, where I used to live. And uh, Leo and Amanda are in a register office, which is literally like a shop window with register office written on the window. Well,
1: let's just wait for Zurich <laughs> Airport. Oh, sorry, Zurich Flughafen.
0: Flughafen. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy every scrap of this episode so much. I knew there'd be so much for you to get into. We start at the marina and there's a man who looks like he's sort of in an aftershave advert taking long lens photographs of what turns out to be Tom on the deck of the Barracuda. And it's,
1: it's another glorious slate grey day in Tarrant. <laughs> there are lots so of beauty shots of the, of the various shades of white and grey in the sky. They yeah. were freezing their tits <laughs> off when they made that, that I think sequence. it's
0: January, at the very yeah. like middle of January. And so we've
1: got our um, mystery photographer, but we've also, before we get any dialogue, we've got a whole film sequence because we've also got Gerald Yes, en route home.
0: Yes. So he's in his car... He looks like he's been kidnapped and kept on a, like, a chain to a radiator for over six months. Um, I think he's literally just been away for about three days, maybe two days. Yeah. Um, he his collar got very dirty in those two days. <laughs> but he's in his car and he looks devastated. And I, put, I think he even slightly loosened his Windsor knot. That's how bad things have got. Yeah, and then we, gotten see,
1: then we see then we see a sheet being put over God. the face of James, who has died of the world's most robust <laughs> immune disorder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which leaves some porridge oats stuck to your beak. It's tragic. I mean, tragic. <laughs> I mean it, is, it is
1: it is we'll come to this it is very progressive oh, of it's them incredible. to be approaching AIDS in this way at the time that they did it. Yeah. And you know probably primetime wasn't ready for what people who actually died of AIDS in no, the no, no, 80s no, looked like not but at all. um with with nearly 40 years of uh, of retrospect yeah uh, yeah James is looking in pretty fine fettle.
0: (laughs) I I think he probably made a full recovery after they realised he wasn't dead. (laughs) The sheet's moving up and down. (laughs) Get him out of there. Yeah, no, but you're right. In all seriousness, you know, Sunday evening, entertainment, you know, it's a drama, but it's it's very much on the side of entertainment and kind of with a soapy bent. It's incredible that they were tackling this subject in the way they did, when I just they did. I just
1: see Jan Samarco and Maggie Steed, and um, yeah. I, I just think AIDS has more potential dramatically than earwax. You're fired. Don't talk to the press if you like having caps.
0: Now <laughs> it's yours, it earwax. Um, yeah, it's it is it is extraordinary. Uh, so we see, then we cut back to Gerald. Obviously, he's he's driving home. Polly has been frantic. He said he was going to Zurich. He never got on the flight, or he certainly didn't get on the flight. He said he Well, was that's going because
1: there. Zurich Airport is a business park, let's exactly. be
0: clear. <laughs> it literally is. And there's simply no room to land planes with all the car parks and garden centres. Um, <laughs> so we cut back to the Urquhart's house. Polly is frantic. She's on the phone to Charles. Nobody can work out where Gerald is. She is immediately, we see her. It's the next it's the morning after. She was cruelly rejected by a man called uh, Jeff Silverstone Oh, um, from a company with lots of initials, which I've written down later in the episode, but not now.
1: Now, I gleefully wrote down ginger wig on a stick, which is what <laughs> I always say when Polly appears, but I would like to withdraw that from Please this do. and from previous episodes okay. because she's cracking this no, week. No, she's, so, she's um, so good. Genuinely,
0: the scene between her and Gerald later, we'll get to, but oh my God. But she has gone all out for the BAFTA the week before. She's horribly rejected by uh, Jeff. And kind of falls to the floor, kind of weeping and, and muttering to herself in quite a mad way. So she's really had a lot to get her teeth into um, the last two weeks. I think she, the actress is probably really enjoying herself. Yeah. Um. So anyway, pass on then to Charles in his office, who calls Fiona and says he's leaving for Zurich and to cancel all of his meetings. But if Jeff calls, tell him. Otherwise, don't tell anyone. It's all very also.
1: I love. The way that the shot has been set up with Avril just waiting to be mentioned. So he says on the phone, and uh, contact Avril Rolfe if I'm not available. And she's standing in the background out of focus. And she just quickly zooms into focus and zooms back <laughs> out again. It's just like, I'm standing here because I'm Avril Rolfe and I'm who he's talking about.
0: I think, you know, they should do more with her in this scene. Like, she's a bloody good actor. Anyway... Avril rather sort of heatedly demands that she needs to have an answer about Barracuda now, and they kind of come to blows. And
1: it's the first appearance in the episode of which there are not enough of Barracuda being pronounced Barracuda.
0: Barracuda. Which is my
1: favourite thing. (laughs) Also, uh, you mentioned Zurich. Yeah. I want to know whether anyone involved in this programme has ever been to or read a book about Switzerland. I don't Uh, As I've teased already, the idea of what an airport in Switzerland looks like is hilarious. Um,
0: (laughs) Is it like in a big cuckoo clock with with all chocolate and that?
1: The the hotel that he's going to, the Hotel Atlantic. The Hotel Atlantic, Atlantic, yeah. Named for the majestic Atlantic coast of landlocked Switzerland.
0: (laughs) Another five seconds brainstorming could have come up with, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the the Hotel Nazi goals. Yeah, something like that. The the Hotel
1: Weird Repression. (laughs)
0: Um, There's so much. Anyway, so he's obviously going going To do the business in Zurich that Gerald failed to do because he didn't show up, there's a lot of barracuda talk. Now, Tom's design for the Lynette has been cleared of all wrongdoing. Tom's innocent, Tom, he didn't kill that. His boat didn't kill the man, yeah. the man, the, the, the something in the sea killed the man. It's very unfortunate. So, he's been exonerated. They need to get back behind Barracuda now. Avril's obviously keen for that to happen because she, the yard is responsible for the boat and she's got shares in Does
1: Relton Marine have an HR department, do we think?
0: Just Avril, I think.
1: Yeah, because the line, if you go ahead, I'll fire you, <laughs> feels a little bit coercive yeah. for a working environment. Just a, just a little Particularly bit. Particularly after she said the 80s mantra. She has said the most 80s thing it's possible to say, yeah. which is the market decides. The market. She said she's going to let the market decide. And hasn't that gone well, everyone? (laughs) Sitting in 2023, we let the market decide everything and now we
0: haven't got any food. (laughs) Who needs to eat, John, when you've got boats? (laughs) Or the memory of boats, certainly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now we cut back to the marina where it's revealed that the mysterious snapper, I love this. So Tom's on the deck of the Barracuda. The mysterious photographer, bear in mind, approaches and says, g'day. Immediately announcing his Australian name. And
1: let's face it, it's the only way we'd be able to tell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's Michael Hanley, a journalist who has weirdly been stalking Tom and his boat, the Barracuda, around the globe. He read about it in uh, Australia, where he lives. He happened to be in New York when Lynn saw, sailed the Barracuda across the Atlantic. And he's like, I've been waiting to do a story on you for a long time. It's like, okay, that's quite stalky and creepy. But also, he's a journalist. I don't know any journalists who also take their own very professional photographs. Like, literally, not. maybe I just haven't met the right kind of journalist. Um, yeah, like I hadn't the fact thought that of that. He's very that much a one-man band, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Um, also, I don't know if it's the acting or the writing or both. Um, I don't know what's going on, but there's a really weird homoerotic subtext yeah. in this scene. Yeah, And in the subsequent one. Yeah. So he, he says, I'd like to do a stir on you. Yeah. And it's like he's saying, come on, let's bone. It is. <laughs> it's really weirdly... Really subtextual.
0: It's well. He, first of all, he took pictures of him from a distance before he went and introduced himself, which is yeah. again really fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he wants to crew for him, write the story, be in the race. He wants he wants to not leave Tom's side. Is mm-hmm. is basically what I'm getting from that. I
1: want to smell you when you're sleeping. <laughs> Gen- anyway, I'm a journalist.
0: Gen- genuinely. If anyone approached you like that, you would run, you'd throw yourself into the sea. Um, so back to Fashion 8Q now. Jan, peach silk, a white sort of panelled chemise with a white handbag over one arm. I literally wrote skirt. Jan's
1: day drag is on point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Daydrag! She, she
1: may not have a designer, but I mean, you know, she's just walking, you know, it's a normal day at work, and she is dressed like she is opening a village fete at the very least.
0: At the very least, with some sort of like formal tea afterwards. So she explains to Kate that Anna, her designer, her errant designer, has apparently ter- turned up in Hong Kong with fiancé that her dad has arranged for her to marry. And basically, she's been threatened with excommunication for the family if she doesn't go ahead with the arranged marriage. And she'll give probably up her never be
1: back, I shouldn't wonder. I,
0: I don't think she's ever coming back, and that's and that's as certain as eggs. <laughs> anyway, so Kate does what she always does, which is soothe Jan's fevered brow when she's sort of, like, fetching about business. Um, and then Kate doesn't
1: do entirely what she usually does, no? which is instantly come up with a very privileged solution. Oh, well, no, yes. (laughs) So later in the episode with uh, with Leo and Amanda, she's like, I I seem to know of a cottage that you can probably just have. (laughs) And And like... You know, it's, I'll seduce my ex-boyfriend, the Admiral. Yes. Or I'll get Jack pissed and make him agree. Or, oh, here's a house.
0: Yeah. Um, she, but- she is kind of the Mary Poppins in this. In <laughs> it, she just, it's like, there's always something in that bag for you. <laughs> you need it. But she soothes her daughter. And then she kind of has plays a weird sort of mind game with her because she knows that Sir Edward is a, obviously very interested in Jan and Jan's kind of wavering between being interested and not being interested, but definitely wanting his money. Um, and then Kate says that she, she must have made an impression on him when she met him at the races because he's asked her to go and look over some of his horses. Yeah. And it's all a bit like, oh, and Jan looks at her like, oh, so you're going for him, are you? But it's all a bit sort of, yeah, mother and daughter. Jan seems a bit peed off. And that um, horses
1: scene we get later on, we will talk about later on, John, don't get ahead of it. Hold your horses.
0: <laughs> oh, I had a drum kit here. <laughs> yeah. now. Also, do you want to just say the line that I, that I immediately, I thought this is why you're doing this episode. Kate then says
1: We'll pull through.
0: (laughs) Do you remember? I think you said that at the end of one of your first episodes you did on this. It's just it's such a brilliant line. We'll pull through.
1: She's sleeping now.
0: (laughs) She's sleeping (laughs) now, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. So we leave them ruminating and then we go back to Leisure Cruise. Where Ken is in a uh, sort of pale blue and dark dark blue barbershop blazer. Yeah. Turned up at the elbow. Or I think at least it's turned up at the elbow later. Is it turned later up later on
1: elbow now? Yeah. Uh, no, it's turned up later on because I, I made a note of what I called the Paul Robinsons. Ah. Because uh, Charles had a Paul Robinson earlier on. Yeah. And yeah, Ken doesn't Paul Robinson until later on. At this the moment, is amazing. All the way down. This is
0: like when ballerinas go up when yeah. their buns put in. It's like <laughs> when your sleeve <laughs> Robinson. Okay, and um, that's now. For and an then semester. we have a
1: very culturally sensitive <laughs> performance of a. Capital F, Foreigner. Now, I
0: I thought you'd enjoy all the different accents in this episode.
1: There are so many. There are so many. And I'd forgotten all the references to Portugal in the last episode that I watched. I would not have landed on Portuguese from this performance. (laughs) The, The closest that I was able to get was was sort of Harry Enfield as Stavros was, yes. the, was the nearest thing It was to, someone
0: who runs a chip shop in this country that's probably been here for over 40 years. Yeah, yeah. There was, <laughs> the
1: foreign man is foreign is, the, is a very sort of 1980s I British mean, message. I
0: doubt they had any kind of dialect coaching in the budget. <laughs> so Alfred, um, what's his name now? I want to say Lopez, but that's racist. It's not, is it? It's, <laughs> it's, something, not, um, it's something else. I've written it down later. Anyway, the Portuguese man from the Algarve. <laughs> Ken has flown him over... Put him up at a nice hotel. How was the hotel? That oh, was lovely. <laughs> it's just really funny how they just had to double check the hotel it was lovely. So it's a really odd plot thing where this guy is basically a timeshare salesman, and he's going to buy thirty speedboats to have one in each of his timeshare properties. Sure, fine, okay, no worries. Sarah arrives. Obviously, Ken and Sarah are still at Loggerheads after her husband drove his speedboat into a boy in front of them both because he knew they were fucking.
1: B-U-W-O-Y or B-O-Y? <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
0: the second one. Second he,
1: one. Yeah, yeah, an yeah. actual child?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Drove it into a boy. No, the one in the sea. Uh,
1: a buoy, as the Americans <laughs> weirdly call it. It's,
0: he drove it into a buoy. I think it must have been one that's like anchored to a piece of concrete because otherwise, mm. how did it blow yeah. the boat up? I don't know. And, and so it's that's, just a little beach ball. So <laughs> so, he,
1: so he saw them from a an yeah, and immediately died. Yeah. She's angry with Ken. For, for, that.
0: for her vagina going towards him. <laughs> yeah. Ken did that with magnets. Um, and she's, she's, very and she's
1: taking it out on him by being very rude to a man who could give them both a lot of money.
0: Exactly, exactly. Well, that's
1: flawless thinking.
0: <laughs> she is a shareholder, so it's in her interest that they're worth nothing as soon as possible. <laughs> He's kind of finishing off the tail end of his meeting with the Portuguese man from the Algarve. And the, yes, indeed, the flight was splendid. The hotel was amazing. Sarah's incredibly frosty, which obviously makes Ken really cross which is setting up a rather nice little scene coming up shortly. Yeah. We leave them. Then we go back to the marina where Tom and the journalist Hanley are watching another ship, another boat to ship. Julia, another mm-hmm. boat to go past. It's not really big enough to be a ship. Um, and they're talking about it being an ultralight and a radical design. And I believe them. <laughs> and,
1: and also in this scene, Tom, I mean, he's so savvy, nothing gets past Tom. He essentially says journalist you say <laughs> well, let me tell you everything i know or have ever thought he just spills everything and it's like surely this is not a good idea the guy hasn't given you any credentials no. he's just a, i've been following you around the world taking photos of you brilliant let me share my deepest secrets with you but sounds I, legit
0: but i think honestly john weren't you convinced by the line i'm a yachting reporter <laughs> sorry i'm a yachting reporter <laughs> mr herewood and
1: also the reference to how Thomas sailed the toughest places in the world. Yeah. The English Channel. Uh,
0: and the Solent, John. once <laughs> I once was on a ferry and I saw a water spout, which frankly... You know, that means you have to have a wits about you. That's all I'm saying. And, so, then, yeah, he, and then he, then he, he g- knows too much about Tom and the Barracuda. It's and like, gives it's him
1: the really Lorraine, odd. I'm your density speech. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he does say I'm your destiny. Yes. And then he says, try me. And try again, me. does it in a let's Homo-erotic bone kind is, of way. It's yeah. completely. Highly sexualized.
0: It does seem so. It does seem so. I, I think maybe just in our eyes, but still. <laughs> then we go back Are we back writing to- fanfic? <laughs> Are we writing Howard's Way I mean, fanfic? We could do, John. <laughs> I'm not ruling it out. Is there any money in it? I don't think so. So then we go back to Leisure Cruise, where obviously now uh, Ken's anger has had Cockney, to... <laughs> Ken spells
1: danger. I wrote it down sort of phonetically in the way that Charles Dickens or J.K. Rowling might do for one of their characters. And uh, Cockney, Ken says, what the hell do you think you're doing?
0: <laughs> Me old China apples and pears, <laughs> plates of meat. Sarah is still fuming. Ken is rampant with rage. And then he says, I asked you a question when she's got her back to him and bangs the photocopier or whatever it is in front of her so that she kind of shivers visibly <laughs> but doesn't turn also, around. Also,
1: Ken's rules for business or for life, yes, we don't know yes. quite what. Yeah. There's two of them and yeah. they're very specific. Yeah, they're mine as well, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The yeah. first rule of business <laughs> is you keep your personal quarrels for after hours.
0: That's it. That's or after hours, f- as <laughs> he says. <laughs> it's
1: the first rule of business. Yep. The second rule of business is... In front of a client, whoever he may be, you behave like a lady. That's the second rule of business, everyone. Second rule of business is: in front of a client, whoever he may be, you behave like a lady.
0: And in your past life, as you know, a sort of a business person, so you know, you used to train business people. Did you behave like a lady?
1: Only in front of a client, whoever he may be. And also, if there were any, if there any personal quarrels, I save them for after hours. You know, don't I'm- argue in the office. Argue in the pub. <laughs>
0: Like a lady.
1: <laughs> uh, there's a really weird slap trigger here.
0: Yes, yes. Because
1: she slaps his face. Yeah. And obviously, it's been quite a heated conversation, so you can see that coming. Yeah. But it's just not the worst thing he's said to no, her. No, no. If you no. want to sell it, sell it, sell it. Pause,
0: slap. <laughs> yeah. But so it's it's like, re- yeah. you're
1: not listening to some of the other things There he was said? There was
0: another moment in the scene that could have easily triggered that slap. And she's, um, you
1: know, she's obviously grieving and she's very inconsistent yes. because she immediately, after she slaps him, bursts yeah. into tears and becomes. Sort of debases herself. Another theme of the episode is women debasing themselves in front of men. Yes. And says, Sorry, sorry, please. I'm so, so,
0: so sorry. Boo hoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, She sinks down in despair onto the red and black leather bonquette um, scene. So you know things are bad. It's probably she's going to make that sound when she tries and, to stand up again. And <laughs> sits
1: there crying for about a fortnight. Yes, it's another it's another yes. weird how it's way time like cuz next time we see her a lot has happened and she's still sitting there. She's
0: still there. She's really upset. She's Really <laughs> upset. Uh then we cut back to the Urquhart's house where Gerald comes home. But I love the way this happens so we, it's on Polly's the, the face. The gay type. man and
1: Gerald will—you uh, talk about Polly's face. The gay man and Gerald will appreciate that she is beat for the gods in this. Oh, scene. nice. Okay, like the it. makeup is on point. No,
0: it's on all counts. Although his clothes are too dirty, <laughs> he looks like he's been in the Sudan next to the radiator. Um, so Polly rises slowly. Camera stays close on her face, and then we see in her eyes the reaction to who's walked through the door, which obviously is Gerald, and she says, "You look appalling." <laughs> which I and, thought was a bit and harsh. And he
1: says entirely in vocal fry (laughs) he says it's James he's dead but there is not a single vocalised moment of that line he lit I loved it it's James
0: (laughs) he's dead (laughs) there was too much vocal if you could just go for another one without voice (laughs) so she's obviously kind of a bit what the fuck £100,000 has been taken out of their bank in cash there's obviously I actually really like how this is just implied that there's an understanding she knows who James is and there's no explanation needed. And there's an
1: understanding that they don't talk about the lavenderness of their lavender marriage, no, which is no. why when he makes it explicit later on in the episode, it's really it's really quite shocking. They, yeah. They've come to a, an arrangement whereby they don't talk about the difficult stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's sort of, well, on the surface, it suits both of them. Obviously, just under that surface, it's terrible. Um, and she's really, really fucked up. Uh, Then we cut back to, oh, Avril in an office. This must be Relton Marine. So now this is where I got really confused.
1: This is Colin, played by Peter Penry-Jones, father of the famous actor Rupert Penry-Jones. You
0: are joking. okay? so Avril says, come in, Colin. But I like how we cut from, like, you know, Gerald's despair straight to... In, Colin. <laughs> and also,
1: uh, as you know, I'm a collector of weirdly inflected lines. Oh, yeah. And Howard's Way never disappoints. There's never always ever. at least one in every well, they episode. they
0: time to keep doing it, it takes again. They're yeah. making it high turnover. And
1: uh, Avril says to him, Do you think they're having second thoughts about selling?
0: <laughs> There's another brilliant one later as well. <laughs> uh, as opposed to first or
1: third. Yeah. It's definitely second thoughts. Yeah. Just <laughs> not, second not second thoughts, thoughts no, definitely no. second thoughts.
0: Second thoughts. Uh, so I, because. It's two men in suits who look vaguely similar, but I'm sure if you put them side by side, they wouldn't look the same. I spent most of this episode thinking that Colin was Amanda's dad, ah. who is actually Alan and not Colin. So I completely got myself confused there. This My is also recognitions all over the place.
1: This is also the most roundabout sacking I've ever seen. <laughs> again, <laughs> yes. again, I question uh, the HR. Not formula. What's the word? Protocol. Protocol HR. Uh, doesn't matter, John. It doesn't. I matter. mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, of Elton Marine, because she <laughs> t- talks business with him. And yeah. quite, a, I'm interested in hearing your opinions. Kind yes. of, a, let's have a bit of a back and forth. Yeah. And by the way, you are sacked.
0: <laughs> yes, we're letting you go. <laughs> what? What?
1: <You> fucking- <laughs> policy was the word I couldn't remember. That's HR it. policy. Oh,
0: thank you, God. <laughs> what drugs are you taking? <laughs> so, um, so Colin is understandably fuming. We also learn that Sarah is having. Second thoughts <laughs> about selling her shares in Ken's company to Ralph and Marine, and Avril is very cross. But just before she fires Colin, she's very cross about Ken constantly undercutting them and trying to steal their business. And obviously, hatches the plan then to lure the man from the Algarve into her web. Um, and
1: Colin may or may not have three kids and one on the way. We can't well, remember.
0: I mean, or he may have a fully grown child <laughs> who's an evil sex vixen. But I, I, I think we've proved now that that didn't happen. Then we go to the mermaid office um, where a giant photocopy or printer out is coming out of a giant printer and it's got a giant boat design on it that's the size of like a table.
1: Yeah. And then Jan very helpfully says to everybody, <laughs> this is Tom's design for a small sporting cruiser. <laughs> so we know where we are. We know what's going on. The massive printout is Tom's design for a small sporting cruiser. But guess what? What? Jan's idea.
0: I know it was. And you know, the other thing about it as well. The actual idea that she had. So she described it in detail last week. And it was like, you know how there are small boats and then there are big boats? Has anyone made a medium-sized boat?
1: Jan, you are amazing. The Goldilocks approach so to this boat is building.
0: very much, she takes all credit for this. Tom just did the drawing. Yeah,
1: but I mean, like, you know, you can bet that Tom isn't in her office saying, oh, what about luck? Try a peplum. You know, this is this is very much a one-way thing. I
0: love your fashion knowledge. Um, you sound so professional.
1: <laughs> uh, jacket sleeves, Ken.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, so Ken's a, Ken's up. gone up. He's Robinson's.
1: And we are, this is so exciting <laughs> to me. This is the first time in any of the four episodes I've watched <laughs> that we get the key four for the one key... scene. We have Jan, Ken, Jack. Oh, yes. And Tom.
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, I might be wrong. I don't know that Ken's ever without being thrown out immediately, has ever been in the yard like oh, as a welcome visitor because yeah. obviously there's so much history with all of those guys. It's only recently that I think there's been a kind of reproachment and he's actually allowed in.
1: There's another one of those moments where people don't respond to what's just been said to yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Ken says, I want you to build me a boat.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Jack says, you mean a speed machine? <laughs> and anyone would go... No, what? Sorry, I said, I, I, a boat. I'm talking did about... did
0: say a <laughs> I, boat. I said tonight. I, I want a boat.
1: Did I say speed? I'm that, so oh. sorry. Did <laughs> I say speed? Machine? No, I meant boat. I definitely meant boat. This is a, whole show's about boats.
0: <laughs> and then Jack says, we build boats, not racing cars. Because he's from Yorkshire now.
1: But how do we get Jack on side? What's the one way you can get Jack on side for
0: anything? Go on. Word. Woo! <laughs> Obviously, that completely changed the dynamic. Um, he was the only doubting one in this scene. By the next scene, he's trying to persuade Tom to do it and Tom doesn't want to. So it's all... Ask about phase, but yeah a powerboat built in wood it it
1: feels like you know i'm thinking of the things that are fast like aeroplanes and spaceships and racing cars yeah and one thing they all have in common is that they're not made of wood. no all
0: made of wallace and gromit spaceship made of wood actually much nicer to look at probably not as fast but I know and didn't burn up on re-entry so i think you'll be you've been proven wrong by science there but then we go back to the urkits where this is genuinely i thought the scene was brilliant
1: and there's there's some really good dialogue in it
0: honestly the script writer suddenly wakes up or maybe they did it with somebody else but someone who's i don't know more on top of the subject but and it
1: doesn't start promisingly because it starts with the most hoary old visual cliche of being at the end of one's tether because yeah. Gerald's doing mantelpiece leaning acting he's,
0: I like, also made note of that it's like of supporting a kind that no one so does on. no nobody Especially does their mantelpiece is really high up yeah, it's not like the one I'm looking at behind you which is about sort of you know I don't know middle sort of trunk height yeah he's really having to reach It's right <laughs> on up there it doesn't look comfy at all um, and this is
1: why I wrote she's really good in this episode because she, she's good she he's really brilliant
0: is. I think as well I think the understatedness of the two of them in this scene the direction's good it's just it's a really great piece of drama and obviously so gerald says you know i had to see him she's like why didn't you tell me and he said again a really brilliant line without explaining too much initially because of what it was polly yeah and in that moment i guess even then an audience would have gone oh because all the adverts have been on the tv with the tombstone and everyone's been thinking this for weeks haven't they? but it's never been said no never been vocalized
1: and yeah it's really early you know his. There's an honesty to, once he's told her what yeah. it is that James Oliver says, does that disgust you? Which yeah. sort of made me shiver a bit, but it's probably yes. a very, you know, for people who were born in the 30s or 40s, as these characters and Absolutely. these actors were, I can see how that would be the instant reaction, that Completely. it's about shame and it's about disgust and this very is much. unspeakable. And then this wonderful line, just a beautifully written line, where he's talking about James's death and says, yep. he tried to speak, but there was only enough breath for breathing, that yeah. vivid man.
0: That's what I wrote down too. Wasn't it perfect? Just, just so. beautiful. Just... How many edits you go through just to say, no, those three words, yeah. that's enough.
1: Yeah. Just a really beautiful piece of writing and, and, and beautifully played as well. Ivor Danvers yeah. was it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, they both do a really sterling job. And then obviously, Polly for once just listens, just lets him talk and then kind of softens like a marshmallow on a fire and just says, oh, my darling, and holds his hand and basically just finds out that he's not going to be ill and is he okay and he's not infected and he reassures her, and then they have this really nuanced conversation about like our wreck of a marriage, yeah, and what she gets from it, and it sort of explains everything, like her strange behaviour the week before. She really threw herself at this guy because she's so lonely, and whenever Gerald goes away, she kind of just loses her moorings. And and at least they oh, recognise <laughs>
1: at least they recognise that their marriage was a wreck. Yeah, unlike certain. <laughs> Boat designer and fashionistas in this episode. They spent so
0: much of this episode
1: (laughs) congratulating themselves on how brilliant their failed marriage was.
0: I know, it's extraordinary, isn't it? It's like to talk about rose-tinted hindsight, (laughs) mate.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... get to Jan now, and she needs a look at Ken's rules of business because she insists throughout this episode that not having a designer means no cash flow. Yes, yes. And it's like, Jan, have you heard of stock at all? Because <laughs> you can still sell the stock. And also, just because Anna's in Hong Kong, yep. that doesn't mean that her designs have disapparated. No, no, exactly. You can exactly. Still, still make clothes to her designs. Yeah, the ones
0: that she already did, you can just make more. make of those more of those because yeah. you've got them. But she says, oh, I'm running low on stock. It's like, what, mm. what does that tell you? Yeah, well, I'll that's... have to buy them for somewhere else. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess. <laughs> yes, so um, we join her at the mermaid job where she's yelling at Tom. I've lost my designer, Tom. He's sitting, she's pacing. And now Jan and Jack, uh, there's just a general argument where they, like, they're passing a hot potato between them in this scene. Jan, Jack and Tom. W- I'm, they're I'm... trying to persuade Tom that Ken's boat design is a good idea. And he just says, I don't trust that man.
1: And also the brass neck of Tom Howard, who at one point says to his successful businesswoman wife, Yeah, I don't need business lessons from you. Now, I know. Admittedly she doesn't know what stock is.
0: But <laughs> actually he's I mean, making a good Tom, point.
1: Had, Tom does need business lessons from Jan. Yes, and
0: he's just accepted the- a large amount of money from her. That's why she's there in the first yeah. place. She's bought a stake in the yard because they were about to go under yeah. again.
1: And his boats kill people, <laughs> even if it's not his fault. I mean, Tom needs business advice from me.
0: There's insults involving the Mary Rose and plastic tubs. Yeah, Tom is like, all of your boats are old and made of wood and under the sea. And he's like, um, all of yours look like shit and are made of plastic.
1: And there's another one of those moments where the characters behave very much like people who have been written rather than <laughs> yeah. like people. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom kind of has a moment of, oh, God, now Avril's your daughter, isn't she? Um, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have just said all that about your actual flesh and blood daughter. Oops.
0: Well, one more edit and you could just bury that under some dialogue, couldn't you? Anyway, so they, they're all Taking it in turns to like And how
1: could things get any worse? <laughs> oh, no, how Leo. could there's a big old argument? What was gonna make the argument <laughs> worse? What could possibly make this worse? Here
0: he is, boys, here yeah. he is, world, here's oh. Leo. It's lovely, a gullible, guileless, grinning Leo with his new bride Amanda, and they announce their marriage and everyone just sort of goes, huh? What? <laughs> no. now I
1: I have to I have to do my disclaimer, I'm team actor, I'm always yes. uh, I'm always on the side of the I actor. Know. There is nothing wrong with the performance. Even if they've murdered someone? (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing wrong with the performance given uh, by Mr. Highmore. He he does a great job. It's just that in the four episodes that I've watched, (laughs) nobody has bothered to give him anything interesting to do or say at any point. So when I hold forth about Leo, as I often do, uh, I'm not blaming the actor. It's just the dullest character ever. Committed to paper
0: Give him something you know, I mean he thinks He's got some angry stuff Coming up which is good Because I don't want To spoil anything this marriage Probably not plain sailing Do you um, mean it's
1: not Going to be as spectacularly Successful as his parents was <laughs>
0: Can you believe it I mean I,
1: I, I saw Leo And Amanda's first date In the last episode I watched ah, And amazing. he was He was very much sort of Yeah there was, there was this one girl But she didn't love me And she went away anyway yeah. And I'm being quite inselly. And she was saying
0: Do you want me to um, Give you all my family's money Yes uh, And he was like Yeah alright then <laughs> She knows the way to a man's heart. Anyway, so then we got to jet landing on tarmac, Zurich
1: Flughafen, (laughs) and I cannot express to you how much there is a car park and a picnic table outside a kind of trading estate, and they've thought, yeah, that's probably probably looks like an airport.
0: No, and they rolled out a plastic sign that said Flughafen. They
1: did roll out a plastic sign that That said Flughafen. That probably cost them
0: quite a lot to get made, like snappy snaps.
1: But, I mean, I have sat at that picnic table eating a sandwich after a (laughs) temping interview. That is not an airport (laughs) by anyone's definition.
0: (laughs) Anyway, Charles gets into the back of a chauffeured car and opens a German-looking document.
1: And then we cut to Jedward.
0: Then we cut to Jed. I love it. (laughs) Jedward, why didn't I think of that before? You're a genius. So we're at Sir Edward's house. With Jedward, uh, Sir John and Sir Edward, Um, And it's a close-up on Sir John playing with the latest in technology, chess computers. And
1: hold that thought, chess fans, because boy, (laughs) is there a treat for you coming up.
0: I love it so much. So um, Sir Ed was talking about the current comings and goings with consortiums, initials, banks, uh, various people, Werner, Herzog, whatever his name (laughs) is. Um, And he says something about it being just the kind of business dealings he doesn't like. Vague and indeterminate. Doesn't like vague or indeterminate. And then he says AFTC remain uncommitted." But not forever. <laughs> so we've got another one of those. I wonder if they'll rem- they'll, be- they'll remain uncommitted or if they'll become at some point quite soon <laughs> yeah, committed. Yeah. And then uh, the chess machine keeps going beep, bob in the background, which is delightful. And so 80s. <laughs> yeah. I love this scene. And then Ed asks John, uh, do I underestimate him? Obviously, talking about Charles. And I also adds, has he got the edge on me? And I was like, I'd say he has. <laughs> yeah. You'll be dead soon. <laughs> Not so much. Then we cut to Leisure Cruise.
1: Where Sarah has been sitting in the same position on the sofa, crying from one yeah. eye for two weeks. Because yeah. one eye is drenched. <laughs> and at the beginning of the scene, the other is bone dry. Do you think
0: that was just a little pipette of something? I, I, they just, I, yeah. Something happened. Fair enough. I, I just put here, Sarah is tamed. She's assumed the, the cowed body language of, of the tamed woman. Ken returns, obviously, just you know, the hunter. He might as well have a lion slung <laughs> over his shoulder. She's really, really sorry. She says she won't sell her shares to Avril at Relton. And then Ken says, the most 80s thing that's not the 80s thing you said earlier. He said... It's not a game, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> in that growl that he has.
1: There's really weird music behind this scene. Yeah. It doesn't seem to fit the scene uh, particularly well. It's also quite atmospheric and trippy. Yeah. It's like when you have an audio visual section exhibition at an art gallery. Yeah. So you're walking around looking at the paintings, and then suddenly <laughs> there's this room with lots of projections on the walls, <laughs> and maybe you put on a VR set and they play trippy music. Yeah. And they're playing that music <laughs> in this quite snarky scene yeah. of the humiliation of Sarah. And yet an- another buried lead, just like the. Oh, by the way, you fired that we had earlier from Avril. Yeah. Ken says, a leisure cruise will be waiting for you. just like me
0: yeah, I know exactly <laughs> cruiser, I should say yes exactly he's sending her away on a little holiday because she's you know a silly emotional woman and she's just getting mm. in the way of all the business that's happening but also because you know it suits him to have her out the way for a bit because he's got some claim on the land that company's sitting on and so even well, not, if she not
1: got some claim spoiler alert well, he, he owns it all he
0: owns it so Sarah's not in, a, in such a strong position as she thinks she is and while she's away presumably he's going to do some shady shenanigans to um, further leverage himself up in the game while she loses out so So she's off on a holiday, maybe to the Algarve.
1: (laughs) Speaking of the Algarve, (laughs) Ah. we next see uh, Avril with our Portuguese friend uh, in a scene that is so unmemorable that all I've written for it is Avril plus Stavros equals Stavril.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Stavril! (laughs) No, but did you not notice? So back at Rolton Marine, uh, it it starts on Avril, and then a secretary comes in and puts a plate down in front of her. And it's either a cream tea or a ploughman's, but I couldn't work (laughs) out which... But it's like really large piece, hunks of either bread or it's just, it's not practical. She can't enjoy there. this
1: English food for a man. I will from the country that I come from. We do not have this thing.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, she gets this poor fella, Alfred, kind of, you know, gets her hooks into him basically. She's stealing him from Ken. And then when she says goodbye, it's the most acorn antiques goodbye as her face lowers as she puts the phone down. It's really nicely done. And then you cut to um, Alfred hanging up the phone and then stroking his chin. (laughs) (laughs) Like an evil foreigner. And then we
1: we move to Zurich. Now, I have spent quite a lot of time in Zurich doing corporate stuff, and if I say to you it is Leo Howard in City
0: form. <laughs> okay, you will we'll understand sort of, my opinions a, not, on Zurich. No strong flavors, yeah. But I no, we cut to what I think either looks like it's an it's an Isha painting or Gringotts Bank, yeah, <laughs> one of those. It's a very impressive marble kind of architrave staircase with a
1: single CCTV camera yes, on that it. Follows that follows him ominously when he talks about conscience and codes of silence, yes. and it's just like every production of Hamlet since 1985, yes, yes. where. The modern dress one. Every yeah, modern yeah, dress yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Pleased, I mean Julia used to write Hamlet on your school bed you, 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 you will be with me on this please directors we get it we've seen CCTV and Hamlet now do something else moving on
0: uh, they did that with the Andrew Scott one actually at the Almeida and it was great but also about the eighth time I've seen CCTV in it you know obviously they did it very well but stop oh, now the guy I... talking to Charles looks a little bit like Matt Hancock in a way that really puts me off no he does a bit which made me instantly hate him although apparently his name's Paul but I didn't find that out until later and because I'm racist I thought that was Verna but it's not Verna it's just <laughs> (laughs) Another vaguely European man Mm. in a suit. Uh, Yeah, the CCTV tracks them. Charles is talking like a spy. He's talking in code. And there's clearly something he's sidestepping around, but he wants to directly ask for something quite shady. They go into an oak panelled office. um, And then Charles talks about how you know, silence basically can be an answer to a question as much yeah. as an answer to a question can be wink, wink. And then he we talk asks, about somebody
1: scary called Hanson. Yeah. Who is so both Carl very. Carl Hanson. Who's very scary and is part of the consortium.
0: John, Carl Hanson is not a man to be taken lightly. That's right. It's right.
1: almost as if there's some kind of foreshadowing going on mm. in a weird way. And then, as if constantly saying consortium uh, over and over again wasn't businessy enough, <laughs> it ends with the offer of a sinecure. <laughs>
0: And I literally had to look it up. And if you'd like to know what it is and you're as thick as I am, it's a position requiring no work but giving the holder status or financial benefit.
1: And nobody ever says it. Fancy a sinecure? I don't and and also I do. he
0: pronounces it sinecure. Yes, he does. <laughs> Which was just an extra bit of fun. But this
1: is the spy episode. I mean, everything is. Yeah. is it's a very dark episode. It's a much darker episode than Any yeah. Howard's way I've seen. Not just with you know Gerald's storyline and, and the death. There's no like comedy sax moments of light no. relief really. And everyone has got an ulterior motive. Everyone's talking in subtext. We cut to a scene with.
0: Oh, I actually like the subtext in this scene. Oh, it's a lot. great.
1: I mean, they both it's step, not subtle,
0: but it's great. It's Dulcie
1: talking <laughs> about horses, or is she talking about horses? Maybe ah. she's not talking about horses, and then in the end, she's talking about horses Are again, you or is talking she about
0: horses? Um, oh
1: God, this is about horses, isn't it? Um, <laughs> And the the great thing about this scene is they have the entire conversation both facing straight ahead. Yes, uh, looking at the horses because they're
0: looking at the horses. John, yeah. she's there to look over his horses, just
1: like spies, <laughs> but with horses
0: exactly. You're right. There's a lot of smiley stuff going on in the background, isn't there? She also says at one point to him, "You and I both know age has its limitations." Does she is she implying that he can't get it up anymore? Is that
1: well, if you're looking at a horse, <laughs> you know, the, the, com- the comparison is going to be going to be quite stark, isn't it? What, also, it's, uh, it's,
0: we're lucky. You're <laughs> lucky we don't shoot you <laughs> don't <laughs> because think. you're too old to race. Yeah, um, yeah. and exactly. uh, also
1: Dulcie Gray, and I'm going to blow your mind now. Oh, uh, Dulcie Gray is making is wearing a hat uh-huh. that made me think how wonderful she would have been as Miss Marple.
0: Oh God, don't! She'd have been. Absolutely stinking perfect. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Joan Hickson God. was
1: perfect too. Oh no, um, she but... was,
0: and it's an unfortunate thing that mm. they probably, I guess, they would have overlapped in terms of contemporaries. I guess, mm. but yeah, that would have been an absolute joy. Mine like a razor blade, but you know, really good at knitting and baking yeah. buns. Yeah. So we leave them there, talking or not talking. about... Now this is things. weird. It has a
1: scene been cut here because oh. we go from Kate to Kate? And yes,
0: that's right. It's a bad edit. You go from the front of her head to the back of her head. Yeah. a totally different location. Yeah, I think there's not a normally scene. There's done, probably is it? a
1: very boring Zurich scene. I bet. Um, talking about consortiums and sinecures. Yeah. That They thought, God, this is too boring even for this episode. Exactly. Um, I'm, and I'm not sorry we Kate. lost it.
0: Yes, it, it, was a, it was a bit clumsy going from Kate to Kate. Uh, she's watching a quiz show. There's laughter. I couldn't work out which one it was there. I'm assuming it's a real one because they wouldn't actually have staged <laughs> a quiz show for the three seconds it's on the screen. So anyway, yeah, she's sitting watching TV. Jan is getting ready for something and it turns out it's a kind of post-wedding celebration for Leo and Amanda and Jan says to Kate, don't invite Jack to the party and I think they actually decide he and late is it now or later they decide he might be a good distraction later. From all the family, no, from point, the Montagues and the Capulets and all that <laughs> at, shit going on at, at this point
1: they just say that Jack's very fond of Leo which of course doesn't surprise me because he likes wooden things
0: <laughs> oh poor Leo he does honestly I know you had that disclaimer earlier but we've got to go easier on in this series we've got to and then Kate says the frankly ridiculous line and I'm sorry that Dorothy Gray had to say this you go ahead with your showdown with Edward <laughs> It's so like, again, another pass on that would have just made that a little bit less of a blunt instrument. Then we cut to the yard.
1: Possibly my favourite scene <laughs> of the of the episode. Yeah. Um, we've got someone called Emma who's in Avril Cosplay. That's I mean, right. She's, she's the other Avril, yeah. yeah. And they they start to have their sort of quite serious conversation. They break it off because he offers her a scotch. (laughs) Yes. They both have a scotch because after all, you know, it's 2pm and all he's doing is designing a speedboat. Although,
0: again, so many scenes start with a close-up on whatever a designer happens to be designing in that scene, which is always boats or fashion. And this particular design, the other one, looked like a proper, you know, a draftsman sort of thing this is literally a child's drawing of a speedboat because he's like I don't really know what speedboats look that? like because
1: he's hammered because he's tricked <laughs> he's got a serious in the day whiskey problem <laughs> oh, here, here comes somebody I've been ghosting maybe I'll give her a whiskey and then I can secretly have right, a whiskey. right
0: I can yeah yeah no, exactly also this is the other wonderful pronunciation snafu of the episode mm-hmm. where he said it's a new powerboat design <laughs> and the new goes on for far too long and it's pronounced new and
1: you know this woman who he's been ignoring
0: they keep looking at each other as he goes to get the scotch for the Definite, but there's
1: less tension than he had with the Aussie snapper let's, oh, be, let's yes, be clear they, they were definitely on
0: for it like below decks um, immediately. but they, they somehow enough.
1: end up talking about Leo's marriage Yeah, and he very complacently says Jan and I were younger than them
0: yes Tom and what happened Can I <laughs> do I have to remind you again he's not putting two and two together is he
1: and then he basically says uh, I ghosted you because I didn't really want to talk to you much. Anyway, here yeah. you are, I've missed you. Should we have a snog?
0: Yeah, exactly. She basically forces his hand, or his lips at least. <laughs> um he says he's entered the Barracuda for the wolf rock, which I'm assuming is a race. It sounds um, like a wine. It does, doesn't it? It's <laughs> of a South African wine, yeah. yeah. Emma drops heavy hints that, you know, she thought he might have phoned her by now, feels a bit foolish, makes to leave, and then he stops her and kisses her. <laughs> and that's the end of that scene. But it's yeah, it's a very odd way of going about the whole romance thing. It's- if you don't call someone, that means then you, you're not that into them. Yeah. And probably, there was nothing stopping him, literally, at all. It's probably just all the whiskey. Literally, <laughs> there have been so many other scenes, in even in the last episode, where she would come in. They're always drinking in the office at 2pm. They're having lingering looks. She's literally said, you know that obstacle to our relationship was you being really worried about being thought of as a marine murderer. That's all gone now. Everything's great. And then she's just like, so everything's great? And he's like, yeah, everything's great. Yeah, cool. So. He definitely had his chance uh, before now. So this is just, I mean, it's just manoeuvring for the plot, but I I would have liked to have seen this happen perhaps last week. That's just my personal taste. (laughs) Then we go to the Howard's house where Kate is chiding Leo and Amanda. I quite like her directness in this scene for going off and getting married without sort of, you know, getting to know each other properly or, or telling them about it. And if you it. didn't
1: know that Amanda was deranged before this, the side so, pony she oh is sporting in this God. scene.
0: <laughs> how does she stand up, right? I don't. I don't. Huge. know
1: why? How is she not leading to one side?
0: <laughs> Listing. Uh, And then Kate says, in true Kate fashion, well, you're very pretty, (laughs) which I
1: loved. And by the way, I've got a house if you need one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I might know, a little cottage. (laughs) Here, have this house, you're very (laughs) pretty. And then we go to Casper's, which I said last week, I couldn't remember it being quite this Liberace. absolutely bananas in terms of decor. It's brocaded, striped curtains and chandeliers and too much going on, frankly. And Jan
1: finally explains her combined theory of cash flow, which is still (laughs) bollocks.
0: So rubbish. (laughs) If
1: if I have this one designer who's gone on an extended holiday, that destroys my entire business because there's literally no other way of getting clothes.
0: So she's sort of talking to Edward. There's a power dynamic at play, obviously he's into her sex wise she's into him just financially and julia
1: Um, complete this sentence (laughs) right i want you to complete this sentence for me a design house without a designer is like
0: is it like um butter without bread
1: yes (laughs) maybe the 400th guess you'd make is you had there's something really wrong with this image
0: it's awful I can't that, believe the person who wrote this scene also wrote yeah, the, the, the scene earlier. It it's reminded me of uh,
1: one of our... I'm just going to talk about mine and Julia's uh, personal life away from the podcast <laughs> no, where we're actually John, literally don't. friends. Um, <laughs> one of our worst ever cinema trips, which yeah. was to see the remake of The Women.
0: Oh. Do you uh, remember that? The, the,
1: the brilliant film, The Women, from the 30s or 40s, uh, where the, the gimmick is that no man appears on screen at any point. Yeah. And there was a remake with a brilliant cast like Annette Bening and oh, yes. Meg Ryan's new face okay. and Jada Pinkett yeah. and, and all these people. And there was the worst piece of dialogue that I've ever heard in any film. Your memory
0: is so good for stuff um, like this.
1: It's when Meg Ryan is talking, or maybe Deborah Messing is talking about her husband having an affair with a younger woman yep. who works on a perfume counter. Yes. And Annette Benning says, what does she sell? Chanel number shit.
0: Chanel number shit. Oh my God. Yes. The
1: worst you would never guess that in a million Poison.
0: years. Poison? A- any <laughs> other... No, no, no. What? Yes. I'd completely forgotten about Chanel number shit. That entered the lexicon for quite a long time afterwards, <laughs> didn't it? We, so we quoted that often. So yeah. Jan
1: comes up with a, another great business idea which is to <laughs> get a catalogue for her like three remaining dresses.
0: <laughs> Rather than making got, some When more. you've got a
1: cash flow problem yeah. take on a big printing responsibility. Yeah, big
0: print run. Lots of... photographer presumably. I mean, it's going to cost her a fortune. And then
1: you can see why her marriage to Tom was so... As they keep Reminding us, magnificently so magnificent, successful, yeah. because she's got as much brass neck as he has. <laughs> After doing this whole hi, sexy, I am sexy Jan, um, yeah. but also I'm your business associate. I'm sexy Jan, I'm your she's business associate. She's pulling his plonker a bit. And she says, I didn't think I was talking to a business associate. No I mean this conversation has definitely been about business. Yeah. She started by talking about cash flow. You do not pull the old switcheroo no. like that, Janet. In the Harmy. previous
0: breath she's basically said, you know, she appreciates him talking to her not as a lover, but as a, yeah. an equal in business. It's like So which is it do you want? Why have you just directly contradicted yourself? Well like, the ladies, eh? God and then, bless him. And then she says something like, Don't patronize me. And he says, I never do that, darling. <laughs> it's lovely. He tells her she's giving too much away. She's being too emotional. He's basically playing with her, he's enjoying toying with her. He's clearly, a bit of an asshole, yeah. but that even then, look, Jan's radar for assholes still not very, um, not very good, not twitching at all. Then we cut to Barracuda at sea, so you've got some sailing, you've got Little AIDS business, a bit I, of nostril flowing and flirting, and some sailing. I, I
1: didn't write down Barracuda at sea, I missed it. Okay, I, I well, went straight at sea went, went straight to Ken Masters in Primrose. I
0: mean, before we get there, I mean, my god, the outfits, um, Alvarez that was his name, god, That's the Portuguese right. guy. Anyway, so no, just before that, so Barracuda. Spanish name. (laughs) See, you know these things. See, I'm I'm Joe Public. I don't notice, but you, never off duty. On the Barracuda, Leo, Tom, Emma, the journalist who wants to bum Tom (laughs) below decks. And I think Amanda, although you only see her in a long shot, They've all taken the barracuda out because they're obviously planning to do this race,
1: the Jacobs Creek, <laughs> the, the,
0: wolf drop, the Jacobs Creek race. Thank you. Yes, and then we cut back to leisure Cruise where Sir John is waiting for Ken to get off the phone. So yes, is he wearing Primrose now? He's
1: wearing a Primrose shirt, and it, it takes a you know it takes a lot of man to pull off Primrose. He looks
0: good in yellow. I will say that he looks bloody good in yellow. It turns out Alvarez has had to fly back to Portugal without signing a contract with Ken, which obviously it should ring alarm bells. But Ken isn't unduly worried, and then
1: and he just this is where he. Just just drops the bombshell there. Oh yeah, I own all the land. I, yes. I, I don't know if that, don't know if that affects things, but I do own all the land
0: exactly. And he and he mentions that Sarah's gone off on a little holiday, or she will shortly. She still hasn't gone. It turns out mm. back at the marina, a furious Colin. I put hm. it's not Colin. It's, not it's Colin, Alan. It's Alan. And I I even wrote underneath, smug fuck that I am, oh, Chekhov's revolver. You don't put an angry Colin in an earlier scene and then not deploy him (laughs) in a later one. Um, I'm an absolute (coughs) pranit. This is Alan. This is Amanda's Amanda's furious father. Who
1: Tom completely alpha males by treating him like a sketch character. Yeah. Because he doesn't let him finish a sentence. No, he literally does. It's so passive aggressive. It's like like the feed person in a a sketch who only says, but I thought you were...
0: Yes, yes. Hang on, this is totally unreasonable. <laughs> and Tom just bulldozers and bulldozers. Why are you doing things that are comet? Um, he kind of, yeah, he throws his arm around him and yeah. just doesn't let him speak.
1: And then we get the Howard's Way mission <laughs> statement. In terms of instructions to Jack, because they're worried that there's going to be some kind of rumble between the Parkers and the Howards. And Jack is instructed to bore the opposition silly by droning on about boats. And I thought, (laughs) you are brave, ladies and gentlemen of Howard's Way. You are brave to put that sentence in so boldly.
0: Also, we have to talk about how this scene starts with the two of them peering at a tin can with indeterminate contents in the middle of his table and they're just staring at it and she's like you know what's it doing and he's like it's a self-heating can clearly some sort of sailing gizmo that feeds you in an which emergency they, they, they mentioned later but yeah. in
1: a really half-hearted way maybe that's to do with the cutscene maybe there's, there's something about the self-heating maybe food maybe there's that... a
0: scene in the Jolly Sailor where some guy is trying to hawk him yeah. these things to sell onto his customers then very
1: excitingly um, Orson Welles arose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this was unexpected so we're poolside you said it wasn't an exciting place. There's literally Miami Again, in Zurich. they have
1: never been to sweltering <laughs> Switzerland.
0: Also, I recognise those yellow and white striped umbrellas. That was when they went to the Riviera as well, the south of France. Uh-huh. And two women walked past the camera with their tits out to say, look, we must be in France. There's these very unashamedly naked women. You wouldn't but get that in Britain. They've also got it's a, a... car in <laughs> Birmingham.
1: They've them. got a lady extra on the sun lounger.
0: They have in the background. Always a woman I- in a bikini and those same sun loungers and umbrellas were used in the south of France. Switzerland.
1: Isn't the place you go to slip by <laughs> no! a pool? Switzerland. The
0: climate's is, not good. It's Alps. Yeah. It's Alps, everyone. It's skiing and lodges it, it, and stuff, it, and they just it, obviously couldn't afford to. It. it
1: reminded me of a second Victoria Wood reference of the episode in We'd oh. Quite Like to Apologise, where she's going yes, to fly yes. to Spain. And it ends with her sitting uh, outside an outdoor plastic table, accepting a cocktail. And then it pulls out, and she's in an industrial park. She says, "Of course, I didn't go."
0: Um, (laughs) Yes, it's very that. that. So Charles wants Werner removed from his post because Werner's not a company man; he's his dad's man, and he wants him replaced with his own guy, the banker Paul from Zurich, from Gringotts earlier. Charles's drink is just ice. (laughs) (laughs) They never have ice in any other scenes. In this scene. Just yeah. And uh, he says that AFTC have indeed committed, as was foreshadowed earlier, uh, something about land leases, which then persuades the hoodlum, clearly, um, yeah. Hanson, to cooperate with Charles. That There we must leave the poolside action for now, because it's really cold and windy and everyone wants to go inside. <laughs> and
1: big big news from the party, Lynn, not missing. Because usually no. usually when I come and do one of these episodes, no, Lynn's no. missing in one way or another and nobody no. cares.
0: They they know that she's gone to, I think, teach sailing somewhere <laughs> because her husband was killed in that awful accident. Uh, that,
1: Tom you know. and Jan, once again in this scene, once again congratulate themselves on their failed marriage.
0: They're reminiscing about their wonderful failed marriage. <laughs> she in grey draped silk, which is yeah. absolutely beautiful, and him in a suit. So they've, they've dressed up because this is the proxy for the wedding that they didn't get to go to. There is indeed a telegram from Lynn, a very odd formally wedded telegram <laughs> yeah. saying, well, well done.
1: <laughs> uh, to, to some Envy, I'm not makeup. under any kind of boat.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. I'm fine now. Uh, my head's better. And Tom and Jan are now quite sanguine about the fact this wedding's happened. And then Tom says that lovely thing to Jan about, I love that about, you know, the thing I love about you most. She's like, what? You
1: cope. <laughs> It's amazing, like, isn't what a it?
0: lovely thing! It's like you'll put up with amazing. literally anything until one day you know when you won't.
1: But equally, you know the mm-hmm. one thing you love most about your wife is that she copes. The worst thing you can find to mm-hmm. say about your son's new, clearly deranged,
0: clearly deranged. wife is
1: she's forward. <laughs>
0: yes. Heaven forbid! Oh my god! That's Somebody the worst be sexually thing you forward in be. Tarrant. The doorbell goes. Clearly, the party's about to start. They clink g and ts as if to say, oh, "We know ice in them because Charles got it all <laughs> exactly. The budget could only stretch to one glass, and it was all in his. Then back to said Here's your moment. They have shrunk and are now sat on the chessboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the most random sort of it's, visual joke. It's like just because you have the props doesn't mean you have to use. For them.
1: those of you who haven't seen the episode, they are now the same two people that we saw with the electric chess game are now with one of those sort of giant human sized chess like boards outside
0: on a patio. Yeah, it's um, completely demented. No
1: reference made to it. Just somebody having a bit of a joke. Yeah. And thinking, oh, we've got, this, we've got this massive chessboard. Why not? Let's chuck it in.
0: It's absolutely hysterical. Sir John picks up his horse and kind of threatens Charles's pieces with it. I'm um, no, sorry, Sir Edward's pieces even. It transpires that Grunwald has indeed been sacked and replaced by Paul Voss, the banker from Gringotts, um, who is obviously Charles's man. And then I can't remember which one of them says it, but they say, it's all such a game. <laughs> Clearly, you know, the battle between Sir Edward and Charles is ongoing.
1: Back at the party? Yes. Where every, all the men are dressed for a funeral, i are. Oh,
0: everyone's in black. It's so yeah. miserable. Uh,
1: Jack is... On brief and being boring about boats. Really boring. And in um, fact,
0: being boring about heated cans of food, actually. He's banging on about those still. And
1: um, Amanda's mother. Now, let's, let's <laughs> have a little stop here. First of all, I know her. I've met her. No. Um, that is The actor is Aurel Smith. Who, oh, that's Aurel Smith. Yeah, have Yeah, she's Mrs. Sam Walters. So she and Sam founded the Orange Tree Theatre in oh, Richmond together. And oh, ran oh it for I love years. it
0: when these little references come up. It's so nice. And
1: very nice woman. And yep. she's playing Dorothy Parker. She
0: is? Oh, my God.
1: And it's such a choice to make your relatively minor character yeah. Dorothy Parker and it, then I not a, not give her anything it's like saying, nothing witty at all yeah it's like um, what should we call the quantity surveyor um, I, I don't know Oscar Wilde it's uh, You've got a character called Dorothy
0: Parker. I think we spot this last week because I did. I do remember commenting that she, they were in the last week's episode when they first meet her. She was sitting around a very small round table. Yeah. <laughs> I think they knew what well, they were she, doing. She there.
1: delivers the Algonquin-worthy <laughs> zinger here: that if you cook two smaller turkeys for Christmas, <laughs> you don't have to get up early in the morning.
0: Yes, that's thanks, a good. Thanks, tip. Dorothy. Talking turkey. Um, Try I, that I, one <laughs> on Peter Benchley. <laughs> I, I made a note: the way the camera moves around the room, it's very Robert Altman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very very Altman and uh, then Jan gives Leo a cheque from Ken for a thousand pounds yeah it's very, apparently, is,
1: that's, that's a lot in 1980s it's fucking money. loads
0: of money and basically Ken's paying him to tool around in speedboats for no obvious end I think he's going to race them he wants Leo, who's got no experience as a racer, to race the speedboat. Once again,
1: he? our brave eco warrior Leo has money thrown at him from another source, and he's fine and, with and it. And spends not a penny on uh, yeah. saving the world with it. Yes, not at all. The <laughs> it's highest status, like he's forgotten. <laughs> highest status in the room, of course, is Kate. Yeah. And how do we know? Because it is the 1980s, ah. and she is wearing. Um, Mrs. Thatcher, Princess Diana Blue. uh, She's wearing that exact jade. And that is because she is the silverback of this particular party. She
0: very much is. And she suggested toast, then asked Alan, who is not Colin, to make the toast. Basically, because I suppose it's a really good way of saying, come on, you're the one that needs to say this is fine because we understand. He he says, I don't approve, (laughs) which is, you know, we get it. And then Leo and Amanda have the world's most awkward uh, kiss, which I absolutely loved. So they kiss over her shoulder. They're both facing forwards. He's standing behind her. They kiss over her shoulder while he seems to be looking either at his gran or her dad. (laughs) Which which I thought was very funny. Brilliant. (laughs) Then we cut to Leisure Cruise again.
1: Which is modern because there's a trim phone. I I, I only noticed that on this episode. It's all ring-around phones everywhere except at uh, a uh, leisure cruise.
0: Absolutely. Ken and Sarah are now talking again. There's been no call from Alvarez. And then he says to her, basically, you go away. You can trust me. <laughs> There's nothing I haven't told you. Uh, and then the phone does ring. It's Alvarez dumping Ken for Relton.
1: Despite the Primrose shirt,
0: and then, have you noted down the line or shall I show it to you? And then you perform it.
1: Had by a Portuguese sardine.
0: <laughs> like, what the fuck?
1: And then, the <laughs> only moment of comedy in this whole episode, yes. where Sarah comes in, wah, wah, here's his hotel bill. <laughs> wah,
0: then. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, damn, damn, <laughs> damn. Obviously not thinking it's worth the bull, Tom. Damn, <laughs> damn. Because, you know, there's different dams and you have to pick the right one. Then we cut to, I love it when we go to Avril's house, she's either playing classical piano or, like, re-veneering a I have, I have, or written, painting a masterpiece. I have
1: literally written down, I'm just doing some planing with La Traviata on. because <laughs> yeah. She's, she's listening, so
0: high class. She's
1: listening to the prelude to La Traviata, which oh, also puts an egg timer on the scene. Oh. Because when they were droning on about that horrible painting that he's bought for her, <laughs> so I was thinking, it's nearly the end of the prelude. Ooh, it's nearly the end of this music. Oh, that an extra oh, tension yeah. for you. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it. lo and behold, it ends when the music does.
0: That's amazing. So, Charles startles her with a painting. a horrible painting to go with the horrible one she's already got and he's like what are you doing and she's like oh you don't want to know and he's like no I'm really interested and she says I'm replacing the veneer on this table and then she goes into quite some detail about how you do that with an iron
1: but amazing 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 (laughs) Uh, this goes back to the first episode I ever commented on and it's what Howard's Way thinks is sexy chat and if you remember the first episode I ever commented on Jan seduces Ken by talking about how many Arab girls there were at her (laughs) school
0: (laughs) yes I remember that
1: Um, and in and this Exchange yeah. a hot iron on wood. Not too hot or it'll burn. <laughs> That's fascinating.
0: <laughs> he does. That for values That's of fascinating
1: equal to, fascinating. and this is two people being about to do
0: it. No, it's nuts. She loves the painting and she kind of reacts to it in a very positive also, we get, way. Also, we get
1: a new business rule before the painting. Oh, we do, we're not talking about new business. rule. We don't discuss business tonight. That's a very short rule. It's
0: <laughs> gonna say, like, we'll in terms of what yeah, time, there's
1: no point writing it the rule book because tomorrow it's like, uh, can we talk about business? Yeah, I'll just cross <laughs> that out. Uh, only argue after hours and yeah. behave like a lady, yes. they're the only ones that matter. Yes,
0: and he says he missed her, which for Charles is quite a big thing because mm. he doesn't really hand out those nice affectionate things very much so that all looks rosy I think they're snogging or they're certainly going off to bed now so we're back at the Urquhart's house Gerald hangs up the phone and he says to his wife I've been summoned Polly and she's full of dread because he went AWOL didn't go to Zurich Charles May cut ties with him and then they start to talk about their marriage again. And she says, do you think we could try again? What is their version of trying again? It doesn't involve penetrative sex, does it? Well, no, because that there would
1: be no again. Well, no, that, no. Gerald's been very clear about <laughs> yeah,
0: that. Very much so. Um,
1: I think it means, can we just lie about everything? Yes, can, like we, just, we, used can we
0: reset? To? But she even offers him... I'll go to work, which is extraordinary because that's very much not Polly's thing.
1: Gerald's been through a lot, and poor old Gerald. But there's something really creepy about (laughs) the way he says, "If you'd offered me this this morning, I would have said never in a million (laughs) years." I know it's like actually now that you're at complete rock bottom and debasing yourself in front of me in every single way, go for it. Sounds fun.
0: You're right. There is a bit of a theme emerging. I wonder if the obvious man who wrote this (laughs) episode—I must—I should have made a note of his name—was having some I don't know trouble with his wife around this time.
1: Do you know what? Uh, you have nothing except me. Yeah, cool.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, That's not, when you think of it that way, that's not Naz nice at all. Then we go back to the how as the party continues to rage. Uh, Jan doesn't
1: want to share Ken, does she? No, not Doesn't want not to share him all. with the fam.
0: No, no, no. So Tom and Jack are talking about family, and they come on the subject of Avril, Obviously, Tom has had a relationship with Avril. It's gone sour. She's now gone back to Charles. Jack tells Tom that Avril hired an investigator around the time of the accident. I can't work out if that's a bad thing or a good thing. No. Was she helping or was she not helping? I, I think don't it know. Clear also, they're, they're
1: just very open in front of each other about who likes who and who doesn't.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, now, Avril against, likes me, but I don't s- like you. Subtext and... is gone again. <laughs> yeah. It's gone. It's gone. They did it all in that scene about the AIDS. They, can't, they haven't got any more now.
1: And then with the big cliffhanger at the end of the episode, Bing-bong. I was confused.
0: Were you? Because
1: the glass door in the wood, I thought Jan was opening her bathroom cabinet. Yes, so did I. It's
0: <laughs> so, like I was meant to the front door and I thought that doesn't So, look like-
1: so when Anna was inside, it's <laughs> like, she didn't go to Hong Kong. She's been hiding in the bathroom. But it's Anna, everybody. Uh, hey. The designer is back. The cash flow problems are solved. But
0: you said she wasn't coming back, John.
1: Yes, but I was doing some foreshadowing hey. like they do in Howard's Way. And also, <laughs> one last little patriarchal message already in the credits. Yeah the character is listed as Amanda Howard because oh, she's a Howard now well she's
0: married I mean you, you know so someone would have gone straight to points of view and Terry Wogan would have to gently roll his eyes and say with you, I mean I can't do a Wogan <laughs> impression I wish I could um, yeah no they, uh, that was obviously the correct thing good episode you enjoyed it yeah, you seemed to like I, like
1: I say a, a darker one than, I'm, was than dark. I'm used to and I'm very glad mm. that there was less implied sex than there <laughs> usually is because that always curls my toes a bit Yeah. all we had really was hot iron on veneers <laughs>
0: Come over here. <laughs> no, we did have a lot of sexy look between Tom and the uh, the journalist. That's
1: true, that's true. But um, Which, uh... it, as ever, I love the way that I can come into an episode not knowing what's going on and yeah, be yeah, fully yeah. up to speed by the end. They keep all the balls in the air very it's well. It's true, actually, and yeah. He tried to speak, but he only had enough breath for breathing, that vivid man. Beautiful, beautiful line.
0: Right? Oh, I'm so glad. I'm glad we gave you some gold nuggets in there. Thank you, as always. Obviously, you know the deal. Are you going to do another song? Yes. Yeah.
1: So, I was going to do the whole cop-out thing. Okay. Because I thought, I've done three I mean, songs done already. you've done plenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I thought I'd do the the non-joke joke of just seeing if you could do the title of the show to the theme tune. Love so, it. you know, Cara, oh, Nation Street, Yeah. and Farm. Yep. and of course it, Howard's Way fits very well but once I started singing Howard's Way I was reminded of something oh. um, which is a commonly made mistake uh, mm. in the way that the title is written and mm. allows me to be a grammar pedant which as you know you fucking is love one that. of my favourite things to do <laughs> so it is a piece of grammar pedantry that I'd like to sing for you
0: and John before you do I please thank you for being always there
1: Barracuda Way, it's Howard's plural way, which means that the apostrophe comes after the S. Tom Janlin, Leo Howard's way, not just Tom Howard's way, but several. So remember, more than one Howard's way.